This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 34 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Digital Federal Credit Union, but better known as we all know them as DCU. Every dollar counts now so more than ever. And DCU understands that. And they've got ways to help your money work harder for you. Like if you love your car but not your current auto loan, refinancing with DCU could put you back in the driver's seat with a lower monthly payment. Who doesn't want a lower monthly payment? They offer the same low rates to their members for new and used vehicles. So find out what DCU could mean to you and your current auto loan when you refinance with them. Just visit dcu.org for more information. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by MistressCarrie.com. It is filled with great stuff. Every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast is there. Every situation report, every after action report, every episode of Cocktails in the War Room. Trust me, that's a lot of stuff. Plus, there's loads of extras. There's an event calendar that's filled with live concert streams that your favorite bands are putting on right now. There's photo galleries that I'm adding to every day. I've got thousands of pictures that I can't wait for you to see. My blog is up there. So anytime I feel like writing something or making an awesome playlist, you can find it right on the website. And of course, the official Mistress Carrie online store. You can get Mistress Carrie t-shirts, Cocktails in the War Room t-shirts, my awesome hoodies with the purple flames down the sleeves, beanies to keep you warm this winter, pint glasses, shot glasses, and even beer koozies, plus all of my links to all my social media accounts, and I'm doing my first ever exclusive live stream for people with Mistress Carrie backstage passes this weekend. You can get in on it. Just get a Mistress Carrie backstage pass on Patreon right now. The only thing you need to remember is mistresscarrie.com. Okay, this week's episode of the podcast rocks. I had a chance to catch up with Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man. I've known him for years, and the last time I talked to him was the day that WAF went off the air. Now, originally, Theory of a Dead Man is from Canada. But Tyler has been holed up in L.A. because of COVID-19. We talked about how he's been spending his time. We talked about the band's new album. We talked about his hair. We basically talked about everything. And they have a lot of really cool stuff going on. They just launched their brand new merch store. And they're doing virtual meet and greets with fans on February 16th 
and 17th. And those tickets are on sale right now. Tyler is even a podcast host with his bandmate, Dave Brenner. And they launched a new podcast called Band Meeting with Tyler and Dave. It was really interesting to find his perspective on what it's like to be on the other end of an interview. At times, he even started interviewing me on my own podcast. He's such a genuine guy, and he's so much fun to talk to. I know you are going to love this episode. So allow me to introduce you to Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely, pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. This is Marilyn Manson, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to, you have the privilege of listening to. Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So you know you're on the record, Mr. Connolly. Yes. How are you? I'm good. It, I'm it's good, so good actually. to see your face. I know. You, you usually, uh, have you ever seen me with a hat on before? No, I was actually, it was on my list of things to talk to you about is your fantastic uh, fashionable, like pompadour thing. Yes, that you got going on, and so normally you're a tall guy anyway. What are you, six five, six six? No, probably six four. I would say six four. Okay, well the pompadour gives you those extra couple inches yep. then. Yeah, and I'm so definitely. I was going to ask you about that because it's a very retro kind of hairstyle that you're bringing back into fashion. Yeah, and it, you know, it's funny now. The conversations are about how long can I keep. How long do I keep the pompadour? Does it keep receding back <laughs> till I start doing it kind of backwards? I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's funny because it started like in 2008 on our third record. We were doing a photo shoot and the stylist lady was like, so what do you do with your hair? And I was like, I have no idea. I've, I'm clueless. And she's like, let me try a couple things. So it actually, she gave me like this weird thing where my hair was in front of my eyes. It was so bad. And we did some shots and the photographer's like, I don't know, man. Uh, and she's like, let me try some else. And she did like the, she did the pompadour and everyone was like, this is cool. And I was it's like, it's very oh, rockabilly. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, and now, now I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want to say forced, but I love, I love the hairstyle. It's, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, I don't do it every day when I'm, when I'm at home, I never do it. Well, it requires effort and products and a little bit of time that if you're a guy, you're not used to. Ladies are very used to that prep time that's required to leave the house the way we want to be seen. Yep. That's, Applying uh, the war paint and such. I was saying that to Dave the other day from our, our guitar player from our band. I was saying like, I'm like, you know what? Being a guy, I don't want to hear guys ever complain because 
That's just what you're saying. Like guys can just literally wake up in the morning and that's it. That's just what you get, ladies. <laughs> but well, women not only that, like, you but know. you guys are always like, hurry up, you're running late. Meanwhile, you want us to look and smell good and that takes time and preparation. That's right. Yeah. So uh, guys haven't made in that department where, yeah, what's the worst I have to do? Shave? And then guys can grow beards. And then yeah. they get the same thing. They don't have to do that anymore. Just make sure there isn't like food. That's the only thing. Like I, I don't have a problem with beards, but I hate it when like there's like stuff in there. Yeah. And they're not clean and. It's not sexy. Know. Yeah. It's like because because we're the ones that have to get up all in there. You know, I guess it's a, the same thing for any part of your body. We're the ones that got to get all up in there. So can you just be kind and do a little work maintenance? I always wondered about that. Do women like, because I, I love Magnum P.I., but he's like the hairiest man. Like he's all the chest hair and he's got the big mustache. And then you always see like a scene where he's making out with the, a girl in the show. And then I'm like, so is the actress like, this is amazing? Or is she like, this is just the, the mustache? Well, back it's then, gross. the mustache was, I mean, Magnum, he had the stash, you know? It's just tickly. It's like either yeah. shave or have it not be rough. It's like when you guys don't shave for a couple days and it's rough like a Brillo pad and yeah. scratches our face, that kind of sucks. But once it grows in and it's a little softer, then it's okay. As long as you clean All it. Right. Yeah, there's no in-between. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in-between right now. I've got, uh, this, is, this is maybe... I shaved this morning, so this is a couple out. <laughs> no, I grow pretty fast. <laughs> I was going to say, are you one of those people that, like, by 5 o'clock, it looks like you haven't shaved in a week? Yeah, it, go, it grows pretty fast. I definitely got to shave every day. Like the Fred Flintstone 5 o'clock shadow at noon? It, yeah, the, the the hobo where someone on a movie, they, like, they put gray here. You, know, you can tell in old <laughs> movies, you're like, yeah. <laughs> 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 the fake gray to make it look like they have five o'clock shadow. Mine's yeah. real. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. I haven't talked to you since uh, WAF got sold off and taken off the air after 50 years. That's right. That was I was in a hotel room, so I couldn't tell you where I was, but I remember I was in a hotel room somewhere having that conversation. And that was uh, that was sad news. But uh I always, you know, I knew that you obviously are insanely talented, so excited oh, for this. You. Yeah, so. it's it's been interesting. I mean, anybody that's been listening to the podcast, I apologize all the time for being repetitive, but when I finally get to catch up with people that I haven't talked to in a while, it's like you got to bring each other up to speed on what's going on. And, you know, I didn't really intend on this being my full-time job. I thought, okay, you know, AAF is gone. I'm going to end up back on the radio again, which... I made those efforts in the beginning, had interviews, had conversations, but when COVID hit, everything just kind of went crazy. So I decided to build MCHQ and launch the podcast and it's been going amazing. Yeah. And you are the boss. So for better can, or worse, you can fire yourself. You can give yourself a raise. My <laughs> boss is a bitch. <laughs> She's so awful. But I mean, now you can you you can do the you know when you work, so you could uh, you could sleep in now. If you find yourself like before you had to get up early, now you can sleep in to, like noon and say yeah. You know, you know, I mean, other than when I did nights, which was like the first three and a half years I was on the radio, I've needed an alarm clock every day. 
You know what I mean? And I've right. never been a morning person. Um, so not having to get up and drive into Boston every day and sit through the traffic and, and get up early. I mean, literally for decades, the alarm would go off. My first word would be fuck every day. <laughs> That's every great. day. I just, I hate getting up in the morning. It's not my thing. And what I've realized about myself is giving myself the ability to just go to bed and get up when my body wants to get up, which is weird. Um, yeah. My body wants to be awake at 9.30 in the morning. There Every day. 9.30 in the morning. That's when I wake up. It's really strange. But, but I've always uh, been a night owl, so I like being up late night. I like, you know how some people like to get up early in the morning and right. have that quiet cup of coffee when every yeah. when the rest of the world is asleep? I like that at like two in the morning when the world is quiet and it's and and it's dark and right. I like to be up in the middle of the night. Two a.m. Have you have you watched that new Night Stalker documentary? No. <laughs> no. Oh, and I'll scary, tell you man. what. Like for as much as I love horror stuff and as much as I love oh. skulls and all of that kind of imagery and everything that goes along with you know horror and rock and roll. Um, I can't watch stuff like that, especially stuff that's rooted in fact and reality yeah. late at night because then I'll never go to bed. So if I was going to watch that on Netflix, I'm going to watch it at like two in the afternoon. Yeah. I, I, his friends told me to watch it. Just came out. It's about, you know, some serial killer in LA in the eighties. It's, it's scary. And I texted a friend saying, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just watching the. The uh, night stalker, stalker. and they're like at night <laughs> i'm <laughs> like yeah they're like before bed i'm like yeah what a mistake like i literally went around and checked all my windows and the door because he would go in that was his thing he went in at, at when people were sleeping it's yeah like, oh my god and i live alone so uh i highly recommend it watch it before yeah. 2 a.m <laughs> let me know <laughs> i'm not doing that <laughs> I'm going to call you at 2 a.m. when I'm scared shitless under the blankets and be like, you're such an asshole. Why did you tell me to do this? It's crazy, like, psychology like, of our brains because, like, if you don't watch the show, it's fine. Everything's fine. But then right. you watch an episode of the show, then all of a sudden it's like, maybe, maybe. It opens you up to, to the possibility <laughs> of, like, yeah. what could be lurking outside. Yeah, as if. Same if you watch some ghost movie, then all of a sudden you have ghosts in your house. You're like, what was that noise? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> where have you been riding out the, the the pandemic? Because you're a Canadian guy, but I know that you spend a lot of time in L.A. So what side of the border have you been stuck on? I'm stuck. I'm in L.A. So okay. I, uh, I haven't been home to Vancouver in. Uh, we did a tour. We started a tour there last. February 20 something. No, January 29th or something, we started a tour. So that's when I, uh, so I haven't seen my family in a year. It's weird. Wow. I, I, I definitely want to go home. I, it's weird. I miss the rain. I miss the, the snow. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could come to Boston anytime you want. We have those things here. <laughs> yeah. Your, your weather in Boston is pretty much exactly the same as where I grew up. Yeah. See? So I, I ask I you it. that because when the pandemic really hit when things got super weird like mid to late March early April I remember going out late at night like you take the dog out before you go to bed kind of thing 
And I remember being outside at like two in the morning and, and, you know, you watch the news and I was fixated on what was going on and this realization that we were living through this pandemic. And I remember being outside listening for noises and kind of being paranoid because there was that time where we were all kind of uncertain as to whether or not civilization was just going to collapse. No, yeah. You're talking with friends, the worst, because it's all worst case scenario, right? It's like, well, what if we got to... It's like get get all of her stuff and leave town. Like, what have we got? To, <laughs> and I've always been do? a doomsday prepper, so like I've already got the bug out bags ready to go. I've got. Do you? Oh yeah, I've had a zombie closet for years in my house. Yeah, and everybody always made fun of me. And it was so funny the first few months of the pandemic. People were calling me, going, "What should I have stockpiled in the house?" What is because, it? What is it? Because I I need one. I I'm one of those guys. That I'm the same. I tell my friends, especially living in L.A., I'm like. You never know. We get the big earthquake happens here. First thing you're going to shut down is gas stations. And then you don't. Uh, my friends never put gas in their cars. They're always like on E. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are we? Are they girls? Just, have, That's a huge thing that girls do girls. that guys always so, get pissed about. Yeah. They have 12, it says I have 12 miles left. It has a little readout, 12 miles left. I'm like, 12 miles. I'm like, my Lord, what if something happens? So I'm always like, make sure you have a quarter tank. My dad over here. You sound just like my husband. Like <laughs> if I get to a quarter of a tank, he's like, "You need to go get gas." You never know. It's such you a never guy know thing. Something happens. Well, like yeah, I've so I always have a quarter of a tank. Not that I like to admit it, but I have like you know, I got some f- safety cash and a safe. Yeah, Dave's I do the same with, thing. With gold, Dave's got like twelve pounds. He's Goldfinger. He's like <laughs> so much bouillon and stuff, and like stashed. And I'm like, what are you gonna do with that? It's like Armageddon, man. You never know. I'm like, yeah, but he's going to chip a piece off of it. Yeah, I'm like, but an Armageddon gold would be worth just as much as money. It, it, wouldn't you want it like gas? When is it going to be like Mad Max? When, like gas and first aid? Isn't that going to be what you want to trade? First food? aid, medicine, water, <laughs> water. Um, yeah, he got mad when I said that. <laughs> and then the the biggest thing that that I stockpile is cheap vodka. Which is what? What is cheap vodka? The plastic bottle? Yeah, big gallons of cheap vodka because you can weaponize it. You can sanitize with it. You can get drunk with it and you can trade it. That's actually a good idea. And you, what are they, like $7 for a gallon? I've got like 30 gallons of vodka in the house because you just Russian zone or something it's called. (laughs) (laughs) And dehydrated food. I mean, you're in LA, so like. Do you have like the space to be able to stock you like in an apartment or do you actually have like a house with some space? Because people that live in the cities that have these little apartments like in New York, they oh. don't have the space to be able to stockpile anything. No, I, you know, I got a full house here and. Oh, okay. So you got the room. I'm good. Yep. Um, I could build a full, I've thought about building like a panic room, you know, like somewhere I could run and like you push a button, the door like comes down and I've got all these cameras in there. I could speak to the people that are in my house trying to like rob me. Well, well, <laughs> but like I, I don't know. But like the purge. But you know, Dave's more into the. He's got throwing knives and swords and stuff hidden in his house, <laughs> as if like a knight will come there and challenge. <laughs> he's gonna get him attacked by ninjas. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what you have in your kit. First, yeah, aid, I have all vodka. kinds of stuff. Like I've, I, I have a garden. And I love to cook, so I can stuff. And so oh. I've always kind of been that person that my sister actually bought me this really cool piece of gear. And it's this plastic bag, and you unroll it and you put it in your tub. It fits in a tub. 
and you fill it up and it holds like a hundred gallons of fresh water in your ah, tub. Ah, yes. And it's like 25 bucks or something. But if you, you know, if there's a chance that you could get some kind of disruption in your water supply, you at least you've got in your tub and it's sealed yep. up in plastic as opposed to just filling your bathtub because it'll slowly leak through the drain and your dog's going to Yeah, you go in and your, your husband's having a bath. Yeah, and you're, and you're like, like that's our fresh water. Yeah. Oh, and you're like, I can still drink it. It's fine. The one thing that I didn't <laughs> I didn't understand when all of this happened was like the toilet paper thing. <laughs> yeah. Is like that, that freaked me out because it's like you guys know you can wipe your ass with almost anything, right? Or you but, just you can just walk, you know, but the old bidet style. I mean, yeah, wet wipes. I mean, everybody's got old socks. There are plenty of ways to clean your butt. Like you should be buying other stuff that you can actually eat or drink or, you know, medicines, baby supplies. So what's the deal? What was the, is it large families? I never got that whole I, thing. Americans like, are full of shit, I think. I think that's just the end of the day. That's just what literally. it is. It, literally. Literally, yeah. That's why, yeah. <laughs> Not to take a swipe yeah. Oh, how has that been for you being a Canadian stuck in the United States with all of this craziness over the last year? Well, I'm actually dual, so I... Oh, you're a dual guy now? I didn't know yeah, that. I'm, I I have both, so I can flash. I'm almost a spy now. I, was, I say that now I've got, like, I just need some, like, I just need some weapons, and I have, like, multiple passports now. You're like Jason Bourne. I'm Jason Bourne, same body. <laughs> Same skills. You need a less <laughs> conspicuous hairdo, though. It's a good thing you got the baseball hat on today. The, the Yeah, the pompadour definitely gives me away. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. The hat is fantastic. But you can grow a beard in less than 24 hours, so that's really good for disguises. I'm pretty sure by the when we started this interview, I was clean shaven. It's already, it's already scratchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The beard, though, I don't know. I'm starting to get some grays in here, and I, I'm not putting in just for men in my beard yeah Can't, you can weird. you can look a little a little weird it goes cartoony really really quickly you look like the dude who was that who was the the guy that was he like was always on coke that did the commercials he was yelling and then he died didn't he die in an airplane had a heart attack you know the guy sold what is he sold that stuff oh you know, oxyclean Yes, hey, the, the oxyclean guy. Yeah, big black beard. Oxy yeah, you can you can tell that he definitely was just fermenting that beard because it was yes. it was unnaturally black. Yes, there was a like little he bit of white it with around a sharpie. here. Yeah, on his mustache. There was some white from <laughs> something else. But ah, <laughs> uh, rest in peace, rest in peace, oxyclean man. <laughs> and we apologize for insinuating you may or may not have been on cocaine. That's true. The, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Mrs. Carey does not, uh, yeah, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> I'm not making, look, I just started my company, Tyler. You can't get me sued already. I don't have a radio station anymore to back me up with the lawyers. The, the press, though, all all press is good press. Is that, That's what they told us. Some that's what they said. used to say. I don't know with the way the world is in the last couple of years. I don't know if that's yeah. true anymore. Now it's almost no press is fantastic. You're like, no one's talking about me. Ah, finally, yes. The Do the rule right. used to be that if nobody's <laughs> talking about you, you're not doing your job right. Like that you had to have haters as well as fans. Otherwise, nobody was even paying attention. Well, yeah, that's uh, who was it said that like once, once you get sued, you know you're famous or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, it's probably true. Once you're probably. famous, people assume you have money. So it's like, boom. 
Yeah. Let's get some cash from these people. Why yeah. not? I've never been sued, so. Well, that'll don't change if you keep bragging about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to be sued. I'm fine. Yeah, no, you're fine. You're, you're just <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. So, where are the rest yeah. of the guys in the band? Are you? Are Are they all scattered? Have you guys been able to get yeah. together at all? No, I mean we. It sucks too because you know all these other bands are doing live streaming, and we're like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool if we did like a live stream. But yeah, Dean is in Canada. Uh, Joe lives in Vegas, which is the closest to me, and then Dave lives in uh, Tennessee, soon to be Alabama. So we're all over the place, but we do do, like Saturday we have a band Zoom where we just we just get on there and we just hang out. It's nice. Okay, hold on. If there's a sponsor, they're going to put their message right here. Okay, back to my interview with Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man. Technology has, has helped. Can you imagine if we had gone through this kind of pandemic and shut down like in the 80s or early 90s? Yeah. Like what the hell would we would have been standing by the wall with the corded landline trying to talk to our friends annoyed yeah. when the call waiting went off? I would have had to have read a book. <laughs> that would have been the worst I, that's actually, I, I know you're not a big New Year's resolution guy, but this that's year, right. just because I spent so much time in front of screens, yes, that I told myself it would be really nice for stress and whatever to just kind of unplug. And so I started reading some books this year just to, ah, yeah, which nothing, ones? nothing informative. I like, you know, like trashy vampire stuff. I'm a girl. What's the Twilight? Yeah, Twilight? Is no, that not like that's sparkly <laughs> vampires. No, there's actually this really cool. I've been talking about it. This, this, um, it's a British show on Sundance. It's called The Discovery of Witches. Oh. And it's, and it's written by a historian, um, in California. And it weaves in all historical stuff about like Elizabethan England and, um, the Salem witch trials and kind of all of that into this story that's about witches and demons and vampires and stuff. And it's called A Discovery of Witches. And I bought all three books. And each one of them was over 700 pages. I was like, I'm never going to finish these books. And I read all three of them. And the month's not even over yet. Wow. I just got sucked into them and I couldn't put them down. Where not Salem around where you are? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's like an hour from here. That Have you ever been? Creepy. I've never been. Ugh, with all I the times that, that you've you've come to Boston or or come to Massachusetts or New England with Theory of a Dead Man to play shows, it 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 makes me so sad that bands never really get enough downtime to enjoy. Yes, I know the places they visit. Yeah, and it's tough too because you get a day off somewhere, and sometimes it is the weather. First off, kind of hinders your your tourism. Or uh, you're just tired and you're like, you know, I just need a day of just not doing anything. So it kind of, yeah, it does suck. But Or you don't know I, where to go. Or you don't know where to go. I would love to go to Salem. You know what I want to find in Salem is witches, but I want to, like, no one talks enough about warlocks, which are male witches, right? Isn't that a male I, witch? I, or wizards. I think it depends. In the book I was reading, they called them wizards. Wizards. Yeah. All right. I don't, I don't know. I'm not an expert. But I know people that could inform you on such things professionally. I'm down for all that stuff. Well, I'm, I'm offering uh, the it. Mistress Carrie tour the next time that you guys yes. are in town. That uh, Now that I make my own schedule, I can make myself available. I'll take you all over. Salem's awesome. 
You could get a kickback from the Salem Tourism Department or something. Sure. I'll take you Send all through Boston. Out. You can go, you know, all the revolutionary stuff and Paul Revere and I'll walk the Freedom Trail with you and do the whole thing. All the historical places like what's that what's that place by the baseball field that has like the uh the bowling in it and stuff? <laughs> oh oh Fenway Park? No, yeah, and there was like it's. I don't know if it's still there. It was no, the bowling not, alley at Fenway is like gone. It's all sports bars oh, and stuff it? in there oh. now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They realized how much that real estate was worth. Yeah, when we first played, the first time we ever played Boston, I think was with Three Doors Down. Would have been two thousand three, maybe, and it would have been Avalon. Remember Avalon? Yeah, it's part of the House of Blues now. Yeah, and then they. What was the place beside it called? It was a smaller club. Axis. Axis, that's it. So that was played. like the rock club, the dirty yeah. rock club in there. I loved Axis. Yeah. And then they tore those both down and made a big, which I think is the best House of Blues. It's the biggest, I think. Is it? I mean, I the original so. House of Blues was in Cambridge over by Harvard, and it was literally a blue house. When they first built it, oh, really? the first House of Blues was in Cambridge. And they couldn't get big enough acts because it was so small they couldn't sell enough tickets to be able to draw the big name acts in and and everybody was really sad when they got rid of the original house of blues and then obviously you know they made these amazing venues and they and they make them i mean you know i, I just talked a couple of weeks ago do you know frank scambalone he was godsmack sound guy for years and he's yes. toured with everybody okay so mm -hmm. i had frank um, who lives in Salem, by the way, ironically. Oh, wow. So he'll hook us up when we go on this tour. Um, we were talking about the difference between mixing sound and like a sporting arena where it's not built for good sound versus a place like right. the House of Blues that is constructed for the acoustics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we we play we I th we played every single House of Blues, I think, other than the original one. They tore down the LA one. That's gone. The New Orleans one is still kind of cool. It's really small. I think it's the smallest one they got, but it's it's pretty cool because it's right on. Is it Beale Street? What is the main drag there? Bourbon. Bourbon Street. Sorry. Yeah. Beale Street is. I've never was... been to New Orleans. <laughs> that's a, that's a bucket list really? for me to go down there. Yeah, I've never been. Uh, it's great because uh, yeah, I mean, if you go during Mardi Gras too, it's just nuts. Well, it's one of those things that I just, I want to do it once. Everybody says, oh, it's crazy, and there's puke everywhere, and I just yep. want to do it one time. Yeah, you can go down there and get drunk, you can puke, you can urinate in the streets. Flash your boobs, get the beads. Get the beads, yeah. I want to see all of, like, like um, you know, the parades and see the Indians, and, like, I want to, I love the culture. I love the music scene. I love cities that are centered around music, you know, like Nashville yeah. or New Orleans, where it's it's just part of the fabric of the city, and the food. You think yeah. about like Creole and a, a lot of that food down there is and fantastic. Oh. oh yeah, well they have that famous. It's that famous. Um, what I don't know what it is, but they make the yeah they make the little donuts. Yeah. Beignets. Yeah, beignets. So yeah. it's the it's a famous place, and you go there to get the the beignets, and there's a massive half an hour lineup to get them. It's like when you go to the north end of Boston and there's the line to get cannolis at Mike's Pastry. It's like that's where all the yeah. tourists go. That's where everybody yeah. goes. But the locals always know that the little place around the corner actually makes better ones and nobody goes there because it's not the trendy place to check yeah. in on Instagram. Well, you got to take a photo in front of it. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. I was I was in New Orleans once, and and I went. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get one of these things. And I went there, and on the way there, because I, I'm a musician. This is what I do. I when I pass a busker, if they're a musician, that's a like you know busking, asking for money, you know. Yeah. On the street, I always give them money. It's just some you know for me, it's kind of paying it forward. <laughs> so it's silly. So I pass this dude on the street playing guitar, and I I give him twenty bucks. And I wait in line for half an hour to get these beignets and I get the front. And they're $3. They're cheap. At, at the Café Du Monde, right? That's, That's it. the famous Cafe place. Café Du yeah. Monde. Yep. I was going to say the World Café. That's close. And I get to the front. And they're like, what do you want? I'm like, I got some beignets. Like, here you go. It's $3. And I'm like, give him my credit card. And he's like, cash only. I'm like, I look in my wallet. <laughs> and you gave the street performer the all your cash. 20 bucks. I'm like, motherfucker. So I'm like, <laughs> I do you guys have like a. Yeah, you guys have an ATM here? He's like, nope, next. I was like, I was so See, that's angry. a bad business plan that they don't have an ATM. I mean, that's all the strip Cash clubs only. make all their money because they they put the charge on the ATM, and you got to have the uh, ATM. You got, yeah. I was so angry. I was like almost going to like just storm back to the bus and refuse. I was like, nope. <laughs> but I walked a couple blocks, and I found an ATM, and I went back, waited in line No again. good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. But hey. You know, I paid it forward. That's the whole lesson here. That's right. <laughs> when you do get a chance to travel for fun, where where have you gone in the world that that you are like, okay, when I I'm gonna go back there just for a good time or whatever that you loved oh. the food, the people, the booze, the music, for whatever a good it was. Time? Did I lose uh, you? Oh, there shoot, you are. Australia. I'm here. Um, okay. Australia phenomenal um oh i love hawaii I, I i love hawaii i've been there a gazillion times i'll go there anytime and i'm into golf now so i'll, I'll go to hawaii by myself and just go play some golf I, doesn't I dave draymond from disturbed live out there i don't know i think he does you find out i know there's some people that live out there um how did you get sucked into golf you know what it was uh it was the other guys in the band just did it. I didn't play golf at all. And we just started playing, and I sucked. And not only happened, I just decided to try to get better at it. Now I'm screwed. But, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of musicians that golf. It's crazy. I know. I um, know. And it's something, I mean, you know, like somebody like Alice Cooper is supposed to be like a fantastic golfer. I just yeah. don't understand, I guess, maybe the quest for that perfect shot or you know, you're competing against yourself, but it's still a social thing. I just like to drive the cart and drink. That's fun. It's, uh, I love driving the cart and drinking. It's, uh, you know what it is? It's, it's so difficult to hit the perfect shot. It's like one in a hundred, you know? So it's so different than like music. It's like, Tyler, hit a G chord. It's like, eh. So it's like when you play golf, it's like, Tyler, hit this ball onto the green. And then you, you just, you hit it five times and it doesn't go on the green. You're like, I quit. I hate this sport. I quit. Sucks. And they're like, do you quit? No, let's go. All right, I'll play. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's almost like maybe it's, it's the dichotomy of, of, of being a musician. And I don't know. Or you just like to so punish different. yourself. <laughs> it's, 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 it's uh, torture. Is that, is that S or M? Which one is it? Is it sadism or is it masochism? Which one is the one where you like to punish yourself? I think that's I a masochist. It's a masochist, yes. Yeah. I think so a maybe, sadist is somebody that likes to hurt other people. Right. So I'm a masochist. I like to just abuse myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's it. That's so sad. 
That's the beauty of this podcast. You just never know what's going to come out. We were yeah. on the radio. It was like, hurry up. We got to get the commercials in. We got to play another song. And now I never would have known you were a masochist if we were on the radio right now because we would have run out That's of right. time. Also, on radio, you're so afraid of saying the F-bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Even now in this, I'm afraid. Even like interviewing with you, I'm like, don't say the F-bomb. Don't, you know. It is weird to to be able to say it. And people tell me all the time when they listen to the podcast, they're like, it's so weird to hear you swear. Because for 22 years on the yeah. air, I, I didn't. And I'm like, yeah. you didn't hear me the other, you know, 19 hours of my day. I had to make got, up for the time. And yeah, you get home and you're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, exactly. like, what happened today? I wasn't allowed <laughs> to say it. So you're getting it. Yeah. All the fucks all the time, honey. There's, there's no dump button, right? There isn't. No. We did a thing years ago. It was an acoustic show live at some bar or something like that for a radio station. And they didn't have a delay. And I said the F word on air live and the program director was watching and they almost like dropped our song and he was just like his arms went up. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> How do you not have a dump button? I, I mean, it's know. literally one of the worst things that can that can happen with a radio station is that you can get fined by the FCC. Yeah. So why would you not have a dump button? It doesn't make any sense. Especially too, like there was an audience there. So what if someone from the audience starts screaming out stuff and you're like, uh, it's going in the mic. So maybe their know. maybe their audience wasn't that bad. An AAF audience, we yeah. always made sure the delay was going because as much as I love you all that are listening, you can't be trusted. That's why we can't have <laughs> nice things. No. Yeah, that's true. Even though I do love I do love the Boston Bruins. You are you you are and always have been a hockey guy. And I have this yep. amazing picture of me with a bunch of um the bruins at a th we're all wearing theory of a dead man shirts because you guys yeah. whenever you go anywhere guys from the team in that town always show up because you guys are such huge hockey fans yeah we've uh yeah i do remember playing there we had a bunch of guys come out but yeah you, it's uh, it's almost every town we play we get hockey players come out and we're friends with some of the guys I, I I don't know what it is, but you know, hockey players love rock and country. It's just uh, I don't know. A lot of them are Canadian. That could help too. Yeah, that, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> I mean, you guys are you know you're you're the home team when when you. As long as you're not a Rangers fan, I'm fine. <laughs> it is weird watching hockey on TV with no crowd, right? It's got to be really weird for the players. They have cardboard cutouts. I I think I want to you know, the but the noise. Yeah. You know, hockey fans are just so into it and passionate and screaming and banging on the boards and all the music yeah. that's in there. And, and, you know, going to a hockey game is so interactive compared to some of the other major sports. Yes. Because there's I, so much other stuff going on that it must be weird for them. And I'll say, I, I've, that's one of the things that we've done. We've tried to go to every arena. Every NHL arena. I think we've been to almost every single one. We finally went to Montreal, which is like one of the most iconic venues ever. It's still the same one they've had for years. We just went there a few years ago. But we went to Vegas for the first time when they built that arena. That's got to be one of the best uh, games we've ever seen. It was so loud. I mean, they got, I mean, they got slot machines in the arena. 
It's so I, cool. I was I spent a lot of time in Vegas, like uh, six months before AAF went off the air. It's actually where I was the week after AAF went off the air. And it, it, I saw Bush out there at the House of Blues, ironically. That's the oh, last okay. concert yeah. I saw in 2020. And it is shocking how passionate sports fans in Vegas are. Like, they're so happy to have teams of their own that it's yeah. like the gear is in every store. There's stickers. It's up on the billboards. Now they got a football team, too. It's like... Yeah, they took the Raiders. Yeah. It's the first thing you think is like, why didn't they do this years ago? That's the first thing I thought. I'm the gambling. The I'm like, was that what it was? The leagues were worried about the gambling. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. I mean, when are they getting a, a what's left basketball and baseball? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, and baseball. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, Great. that was one of the things I wanted to ask you because you've been doing all these like cover song things to keep yourself occupied on social mm -hmm. media and stuff. And you covered Sweet Caroline, which in Boston at a Red Sox game. That's right. It's an every game thing. Bum, bum, bum. Well, maybe they can play uh, the cover I did there in the future. Maybe. Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be I'm amazing. a huge fan of cover songs. And as a musician, if you're going to cover an iconic song, you got to kind of make the choice of sticking more true to the original or really kind of going off and making the song your own. Right. How do you decide which way to go? Yeah, it's just in in the moment, I guess. I try sticking to, I actually try to almost emulate the singer a bit. I think that's kind of cool. I mean, some people want to hear me do my own version of something, but I don't know. When I was singing Sweet Caroline, there was just like, <laughs> there's just something about like pretending I was Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was like, touching me, you know, like this vibrato and stuff. I dug it. It's I just do it for fun. So. You got to get a sequin jacket. That'll really put you in the mood. Yes. Some satin pants. My parents went and saw Neil Diamond when I was a kid. And they were just like, it was so amazing. He came out with this huge wig on and long hair. And then he like ripped his wig off. I guess it was back like, maybe he wore wigs for a while or something. Yeah. And then finally when he was like, you know. He finally did the John Travolta, you know, he's finally like, enough's enough. And he just well, that's what you were out. talking about earlier. It's like you got to make that decision when the hair starts yep. to go, when do you commit? Or do you go yes. Elton John and just say, okay, I'm getting the plugs, I'm getting the weave. Yes. Stick yeah. it back on. Uh, yeah, and or uh, Captain, what's his, what's, uh, William Shatner. He's yeah. stuck with it. He's got to be, yeah. what, 90 now or something? He's something still wearing like the, that. Wearing the rugs, looks great. Like, one of his best friends is Henry Rollins, and it seems just like the strangest <laughs> thing in the world, and it's like, they're both such weird dudes. It's like, I just want to be the fly on the wall to just hang out in the, in the room and listen to what those two talk about, because it's a very unlikely pair. Yeah. It's like, Black Flag, what would they talk about? <laughs> but they do. They're, they're actually really good friends. I think Henry Rollins goes to his house for Thanksgiving every year, legitimately. Very wow, strange. that's pretty cool. How do yeah. they not have like an odd couple podcast or some reality show? Like, come on, who is not going to want to see Henry Rollins and William Shatner trying to give each other directions in L.A. or something? You know what I mean? Do like, like deep fried turkey in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, like I would I would watch that. Please do it. That'd yeah, so please. <laughs> uh, you started a podcast with Dave from the band. Yeah. How has it been for you to be on that side of the microphone? 
Uh, we love it. We we just do it for you know shits and gigs. I hit up Dave one day because um, I actually wanted to try to do my own radio thing years ago. Because I think you got I, the pipes for it, man. Seriously, I got the face for it. Um, <laughs> so that's why my mom said. And what are you saying? I did that for over twenty years. What are you saying about me? <laughs> I'm a man. I'm oh, a man. nice save. <laughs> I know that's so. That's that's terrible. But uh, I tried to do like a radio. I didn't try, but I asked about doing a radio show like ten years ago. Um, something like Six Sense, you know, Nikki Six had his own kind of mm -hmm. thing, and I loved it. I, I kind of co-hosted it a couple times, and then one time the producer called me and said, Nikki can't do the show because I live not far from there where they do it. And I'm like, can you just come in and just host it? And I'm like, yep. And I literally just drove over there, and they're like, thank you so much. And I had such a blast. And and uh, so I just hit up Dave and said, I was thinking about doing a podcast, but I don't want to do it on my own. I feel like I, I need a partner. And he's like, ah, I'm too busy. And then he literally called me back two days later. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really I'm not in. that busy. There's a pandemic. Yeah. Well, he's got kids and he's like, he, his wife is a, she's a doctor. So, you know, he's. She's a little busy right now. She's super busy and he's a stay at home dad. And I think he just was like, I need time away. I need like, if I can get an hour a week, I can get a nanny. Yeah, so and an excuse to lock himself in a soundproof room. Yep, I so can sympathize. We, yeah, we dig it, and we just we just like we've had some friends on and stuff, and we're not sure where it's gonna go, but we just do we do what we're doing. We just we just talk and, and yeah. hang out, and it goes where it goes. So it's been fun. It is it is interesting though because over the years. You know, I've never been on your side, meaning I've never been the musician. I have zero musical ability whatsoever. But it always made me laugh when bands would come in the studio or they'd sit down backstage to do an interview with me and they'd be uncomfortable. And I'm like, you realize in an hour you're going to get up in front of 20,000 people with a microphone in your hand and that's totally fine. But this intimate one-on-one -on -one or small group conversation where you can't see the people that are listening to you talk, right. that would weird them out. I just always thought that was funny. Well, I so I have that. I have a question for you then. When you when you were on the radio and it's like starts, do you are you, do you go into like a mistress carry? Do you become something? Or are you just you all the time? I know that's a no, weird it's, question. No, I'm just I'm just me all the time. It's how I am. But when I first started, because I had never intended on being a DJ, right? I, I okay. applied to be a producer and then. I had always had the purple yeah. hair and, you know, it, they, they kind of asked like, hey, you know, have you thought about it? You should try it. I had a really hard time because I was alone. So I'm in this room in, you know, 1998. So it's not like I had the internet the way that I have it now or whatever. And somebody gave me, maybe it was the consultant. I think his name was Tom Barnes that was the early consultant at AAF. And he was like, the secret to it is, is to talk to just one person in your head. Just to have a conversation with one person that's listening. And because you're in a room by yourself, I had a really hard time visualizing that. So no word of a lie, he's up there on the shelf over there in MCHQ. I bought a Mr. Potato Head. Oh, really? And I and put him on the console every night and I would talk to Mr. Potato Head. And it helped me kind of visualize that one person that could be listening because... You are different when you're like if, when you go up on stage and you're talking to the crowd, you're very acutely aware that there's thousands of people in front of you. 
Well, that, if you go well, on the radio was... and you talk like there's thousands of people, it's like you're yelling and projecting at them. And it's not the beauty of radio where it's right. this intimate live conversation. Well, that's what I was asking because when I would think most musicians would agree, like, like off stage, you're a completely different person than when the intro rolls, you just snap into some, something. You're you performing. Become, you become a performer. Like, uh, like 10 minutes for the show, I'm just like backstage watching TV or something. And then as soon as the intro rolls, like I become the guy that you see on stage, which is for the hour and a half, I'm whatever. And there's no, and if you ever come out of that guy, it becomes weird. It's almost like you just, like you don't have any clothes I? on. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and I've, it happens sometimes. And, and all the guys can agree. Like sometimes, you get on stage and, you, and it's like all of a sudden you kind of go, "Where I'm on stage?" And you start looking at everybody, and then you start, you screw up, you play a wrong chord, and you're like, "Come on, man, snap out of it!" It's almost snap into it. So I was curious that with radio, I was like, but it's interesting. Like, so if someone came and you came in there and someone had played a joke and stolen your Mr. Potato Head. Would that throw you off? <laughs> it, in the beginning, it would have just, it, it was really weird because the concept of talking to people you can't see, it's just right. very unnatural to sit in a padded room and talk to yourself mm -hmm. and not be on lithium. Yeah, that's right. Because even know? now, like, you, I think you're real. Yeah. Last time, I, I mean, I'm wearing real underwear. So, yeah, I think so. So it's a lot easier to do this than, yeah, if I had to do this and you weren't there. I would, I would, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. The, the way I, I talked to Morgan from Seven Dust and we were talking about the Seven Dust live stream. And I asked how that was for him that you're there on stage with the production, with your band members, the, the other people you go into battle with, like you're talking about 10 minutes before you're on, you know, you're watching TV and then you get into that mode. And when you're in a band, you've got those other guys or, or girls in the band that you all get in that mode together. But he was like, and then we would go into a song and then the song was over and it was just quiet and there was yeah. no feedback. There was nothing. And I said, Morgan, you are experiencing what it's like to be a radio DJ. That's what it's like. Yeah. Because there's no instant feedback. I mean, there's text lines. You could get tweets from people, but you could say something funny and you don't know if the joke landed. You don't know what yeah. the response is because you don't hear a laugh in return. Yeah. And, and then, it's course, weird. How do you know if it's working? Someone you don't. has to tell you. That joke you told yesterday, yeah, flat fell flat. You're like, and okay, by then it's that. too fucking late. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just it's a very, very strange and sometimes unnatural thing. Now that I've gotten into podcasting, obviously, and now that the world, you know, rock radio, radio stations in general have been changing, especially because of the pandemic, downsizing, centralizing things. It may be a very kind of old fashioned and old school mentality, but I still see such value because it's live and it's localized and it's mm -hmm. this intimate relationship with people. And I feel like radio has that, whereas a lot of other forms of media don't. That you're literally, like I knew the last five minutes when WAF was on the air and we were playing Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, which was our last song. I knew in that moment that me and Mike Shue and all the other people on the staff and everybody was listening, we were all experiencing that song and that moment and that experience 
simultaneously in real time. We were all feeling the same sadness and all those things. It's hard to do that when it's pre-recorded. You know what I mean? It's mm. it's hard to do that when it's a podcast when you can listen to it at your leisure as opposed to I have to listen to it right now because it's happening live. Yeah. Well, like you said, I, I, I like what you said, localized, because that's what it was. Me and, me and someone else were, were talking about radio and, and why it'll always be important. I said, and we talked because like, well, because it's, it's local. You will actually talk to people that you can consider your friends and neighbors because they drove in the same crappy traffic or it's the same crappy weather. So you kind of like the localized thing is, is totally what it is. There's a connection there that you won't, you don't have with, you know, as people enjoy something like Howard Stern, they don't listen to Howard Stern because they're connected to him because he's, he's watching the Boston Bruins. We watched <laughs> them lose last night and <laughs> got blown Brutal. out by the Rangers. <laughs> That would never happen. Um, I know that you are kind of like that radio guy because you're doing radio guy things. Like you're making these playlists on Spotify. Yeah. And it's fun, right? Like picking music that like turning people on to other music that you really like that you think other people might like. Yeah. The last one I did was kind of a bit more rock. But I think the one I did before that was like really searching for some stuff out there that I found that a lot of people would be like, what is this? You know, some pop stuff and some alternative stuff. But yeah, I enjoy putting little playlists together. My management always bumps me. They send me an email like, we got to update your playlist. Send a new <laughs> playlist. Send 12 to 15 songs. I'm like, 12 to 15 songs? All right. And then I have to go make sure I don't put the Duplicate same and, and yeah. Well, one of the people that you had on your playlist that I love, and I had him on the podcast, was Aaron Jones. How fantastic is he? He's he is. Uh, I, I yeah, I, I can't stop gushing about him. And you know what's great about him too is that he is, he's just the nicest, humble guy, and uh, I, I think he's doing so much great things for rock and roll. He's getting on some great shows and festivals too and i told him that too man i'm like we're we're cheering for you don't think we're not cheering for you man because you you were the future rock and roll bro <laughs> so seriously he's it's, his music is amazing yeah and yeah. super cool guy we um we had him out on tour with us 2017 so i think it was on our uh during our rx record he came out with us and did a whole american tour and uh even back then, it was just everything was great. The band was great, and uh, he was digging it. And I think they were rolling in a minivan. And uh, so those, yeah, he's. He, it sucks for him because he, you know, those guys are just sitting at home like us. He's got a hit song on the radio. <laughs> can't tour, can't go can't to radio tour. stations, can't meet uh, the fans. And he loves and for, Seattle. And for bands like you, I mean, you guys released a record in 2020. And so yeah. it's like you work on this record and then you can't really go out on the road and, and do anything with it. Yeah, especially with like our kind of music too. We really feel like things work when we can get to different towns. You see it. You see when mm-hmm. bands roll through towns, they get more more radio play or get more you know fans call and be like, can you play Theory of a Dead Man? They just played last night. Or So yeah, it's uh, it's it's... It's torturing to just sit at home. That's honestly all we want to do. We just want to tour. (laughs) 
if someone asked me what would you rather do, make records or tour, I would say tour for sure. And, and, you know, to go back to where we were when we started talking about the horror stuff and whatever, there's a song on the record about Ted Bundy. Kind of. Yeah. That was uh, our label freaked out when they heard that because they were just like, because the Ted Bundy move or show came out, they didn't want me glorifying Ted Bundy. They were like, we don't like that you're talking about it. I'm like, it's not really about Ted Bundy. It's just about a guy that is like Ted Bundy. It's just an unloving guy that is just almost like a sociopath and just can't can't be loved. But they didn't like that. They wanted me to change the name of the song. Um, I said no. <laughs> it is really weird because, you know, there's so much true crime. People are such huge fans of it. Podcasts and, yeah. and television shows. And it's like then you had people like Jonathan Davis for a while who collected the memorabilia. I think he had Ted Bundy's VW Bug for a while. Seriously? And then a Ooh. few years ago, he sold it all off because he said that, like, the energy with this collection yeah. of all of this stuff was super weird. It can get weird. Uh, who else? I think was the son of Sam. Did he drive a bug too? I can't remember. I don't know. I think Marilyn Manson, who all of his band members were named after. Yeah. Murderers, right? Mur well, or half murders? murderers and half like right. celebrity pinups. Yeah. Right. That's right. Like Twiggy Ramirez and, I mean, Marilyn Manson, obviously. And, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, Ramirez was, that's that's the that's the Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. Richard Ramirez, oh, he's got to be the worst. You watch it tonight. I, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's and the so, other thing. Oh. The other thing that you guys are always really good at is, is you kind of are able to make songs about kind of whatever, whatever's kind of going on in the world. And when I saw the song title for Affluenza, I went, oh, snap, because I lost my goddamn mind when that word became a thing in court. Yeah. It made That's me want right. to punch myself in the face. Man, Affluenza. Yeah, that well, it was that story about that kid who got drunk and thinking killed, killed some people with his car, and yeah. then he got off because the judge said that he was so rich that he wasn't brought up properly. And he, he didn't, didn't know, know about consequences, right and wrong, and he had yeah. affluenza, which is like a sickness of being affluent. Yeah, <laughs> it's like an affluent disease. It's like you're so Sign affluent. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. You're so rich. It's like the Kardashians. I, I don't think they've ever been in a situation where they, I should say that. I don't know. I think wasn't she robbed or something at gunpoint? But yes, yeah. So, but that is, uh, yeah. It was a great idea for a song to talk about how, like, a lot of us grew up with next to nothing and and actually became much better people because <laughs> we lived through how cool it was to just ride your bike down the street and have enough come home money when to... the street lights came on yeah and it was it was a very nostalgic song about it wasn't a bad thing but it was about how great it was growing up uh, like a blue collar family didn't have a lot of money and and you actually all grew up to be good people yeah well that's kind of the roots of rock and roll anyway yeah you know there's very little rock and roll that comes out of privilege yeah it's uh it does come from a place of kind of, uh, yeah, of, of uh, you know, hard knocks. It's it's the struggle. I guess it's the struggle that 
forces us to just want to be something more. And I was thinking this the other day, how, how sad it is that a lot of, a lot of bands come from some kind of small towns and their whole idea is just can't wait to leave this small town for all the bright lights, that kind of cliche thing. But it's kind of true. There's always this kind of struggle to get the hell out of here and I want to do something with my life. And, you know, that's kind of like the Dolly Parton thing. She left, went to Nashville and became Dolly Parton. But uh, Well, not only that, but I also have a theory about rock and roll that it wouldn't exist if women weren't bitches. And Theory of a Dead Man has written plenty of music uh, to justify my theory. <laughs> <laughs> we still I don't know what to do with that song. Like, it's one of the most popular songs we have. It's grown over years. Bitch came back, like, and we just got, I think it just went platinum or something. Or Bad like, Girlfriend. I mean, there's... Bad Girlfriend. It's like a double platinum song. We keep getting, same thing, keep getting plaques from different countries for that song. And we're like, I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. I mean, the song, you know, the song has done so much for us. But yeah, as we get older, it gets tougher to sing some of those songs, those lyrics on stage. But it's nostalgia. It's like Motley Crue, right? Girls, girls, girls. Yeah. Strip clubs. Yeah. And now Enjoy. all of the strippers in those clubs back in the day are like grandmothers now. They are. <laughs> Which is weird. That's true. Which is weird. And they have Motley Crue tattoos. But. Uh, yeah. In yeah. places they can't talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that reminds me of uh, who you said that was the one of the famous groupies that has a podcast. Uh, Pamela does bar. Yeah, she's on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Because I was thinking she was one, one of the inspirations behind the almost famous like band dates, like that. There was that whole generation of famous Cynthia Plastercaster and like all those Plain, famous Lane groupies. Kind of yeah, yeah. What was the girl's name in Little Rock? Little Rock. Little Rock something was her name. I don't remember. But she was famous for being a big groupie. Uh, I don't know, look her up. Google Little Rock, Little Rock Lucy or something like that. I can't remember. But she came to one of our shows, and she was probably at that point, she was in her 50s or something like that, just knocks on the bus, hello. She was famous. I think we took a photo with her or something. Yeah, it's like it, it's part of that whole rock and roll thing. I mean, you've gone to a whole other level when you're getting musicians to get a boner so you can take a plaster cast of their penis. I mean, that's yes, that's, that's it. That's level. That's leveled up. <laughs> And then what do you do with them? Do you do you will them to like your grandkids when you die? Like what what happens to those? Do they go in the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame? Like you can't just destroy know. a plaster cast of Jimi Hendrix's dick. I was going to mention it. I didn't want to say anything, but then you did. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Hendrix's plaster dick. What do you do with that? You can't get rid of it. What if you like someone asked you to do it and then it's just not it's not as good as you thought it'd be and then you're like yeah don't use that can you please please break the mold they're like no no <laughs> so they make like, kits that you can make those at home like make your own dildo kind of things and i know a lot of guys in the military before they deployed made them really? for their wives yeah and they said the process is incredibly humbling <laughs> i was gonna say i was just saying like they probably like oh it looks so good on camera <laughs> but then yeah then they make a plaster of it's like man oh and of course, now they're they're. Or you wife get or stage fright when you're trying to make it, and right. then you can't. But then, but now their girlfriend or wife has it, and so all then they'll show it to their friends. Their friends will be like, "Oh, I thought it would have been 
bigger. Well, they Anyways. they show the dick pics too. I think a lot of guys don't realize that like oh yeah, like like women know when we send you naked pictures that you're going to show them to your buddies, even though you lie to our face and say you won't. For some reason, guys don't understand <laughs> that girls show other girls the dick pics you send, especially yeah, if they're unsolicited dick pics. That's why guys like if you're not if you're not packing, don't send the pictures because yeah. Like you said, that would be sad. You yeah. meet a girl and you're like, yeah, I've I've seen you before. All of <laughs> you. You're like, no. Seen yeah. all of it. Yeah, you got to be careful nowadays. That's why you just make sure there's no, like, I've got hand tattoos. So you got to be careful. Yeah, because you, 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 can, you can be identified. You can be identified. <laughs> you get any kind of weird scarring or if there's like a bend in it or so. It's like it, your <laughs> yeah. unusual suspects line up. Like you're pretty easy to figure out who you are. That's not me. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> are you sure? It says your name on, tattooed on your hand. That's me. <laughs> you have a mustache on your index finger. That's we right. We know that it's you. Totally. Oh, man. Yep. You never know what you're going to talk about on the Mistress Carrie podcast. We've covered it all. We've literally yeah. covered it all. This is the best show you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I know I have to let you go. So before I have to let you go, in all seriousness, um, you guys were always so amazing, not only with WAF, but with me specifically. Anytime, you know, we needed something from you or the band, you were always there. And... It was very scary not having the radio station anymore for me because I was there for 29 years. And then to start out and and to launch the podcast and the website and all of that stuff. And then to have to start making these requests for interviews. And none of the bands that I am friends with that I've known over the years, nobody said no, and including yourself. And that means a lot. So I really appreciate your continued support. And I'm doing what I can to keep... Not only the New England rock scene together, because there's no other place for us all to go now, but also right. the podcast is spreading nationwide. I've got audience up in Canada now. It's in 98 countries. It's crazy. Wow. Well, good for you. You deserve it. And yeah, we've known each other a long time. So I will I will come on your show once a week. Uh, I would love it. <laughs> just whenever you want to yeah, come whenever. on. Seriously, just let me know. Uh and I'm starting and, uh, to do things like you guys have to do is that I had to launch like a merch line, you know, could design all my own merch. And you guys just launched a whole new merch thing online, which is super cool. Yeah. Isn't that fun? It is fun. It's 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 cool to be like, oh, you know, what could we do with this and to get the products and decide like, oh, I want to you know, I like what, that one better. And what do you got? You got you got mugs, hats, mugs, uh, beanies, hodies, T-shirts. So stickers. Gotta, gotta uh, I made Christmas ornaments, so I have black and purple Christmas balls. I got all kinds of stuff. Oh, that's awesome. That's I'm colors. working on baby clothes right now for all the people that made COVID quarantine babies. There's going to be this whole baby boom in 2021. Right. With the names. You should do on your podcast. You should have, see see what kind of, what are the, have the contests? Best COVID baby names. <laughs> well, there's nothing else to do. I mean, we don't have to worry about that with you because you're locked away in a house by yourself in L.A., but there's a lot of other people making babies right now. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of other people are watching Night Stalker alone yeah. at 2 in the morning. That's not going to be me. <laughs> but I'll watch it, like, tomorrow at noon. Do it. And then I'll let so you know good. how it goes. Yeah, let me know. I will. 
I appreciate hanging out with you today. You got it. It was fun. All the links, everything to find you and everything going on with the band, your podcast, everything will be linked in the show notes of the podcast. And uh, I'll be sure to send you the link as soon as it posts so that you can send it out to everybody too. 100%. You got to come on my uh, video show, Cocktails in the War Room. We get together and drink every Tuesday night on the internet. Ooh, that sounds nice. Yeah, I'll get you. Nice Moscow Mule. That's what I drink. Oh, we're in. Two limes. Perfect. And we'll just wait for the zombies. That's right. We (laughs) (laughs) plenty of vodka at my house. I told you. It's cheap. All right. I'll talk to you later, Tyler. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All right. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. All right. See ya. Bye, honey. It was good to see you. There he is, Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man. I told you, we talked literally about everything. Doomsday prepping to dick pics and everything in between. All the links for everything we talked about are in the show notes. And don't forget to check out the custom playlist for this episode. There's a ton of great Theory of a Dead Man music in there, including the stuff from their new record. Huge thanks to Digital Federal Credit Union at dcu.org and mistresscarry.com for sponsoring this episode. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss anything. You get a situation report every Monday through Friday with all your headlines in rock and music in less than five minutes. Weekly episodes every Wednesday. And when we have a guest, like Tyler promised he would be in Cocktails in the War Room, those interviews get put up as after-action reports. And while you're there, why not leave a comment and a five-star review? And make sure if you know Theory of a Dead Man fans that you share this episode with them as well. The Mistress Carrie podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. And if you're thirsty, you can join me every Tuesday night at 8.30 for Cocktails in the War Room live on my Facebook page.